Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Game of Thrones, baby. Winter is blooming. What's up? Hello, everybody. I'm Colton Robertson, and you're back for Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. As always, I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. We are also joined by the magnificent Tavares Pennington. What's up, buddy? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Yo, it's a pleasure to have you today. We're talking episode four of season one, titled Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things, uh, written by Brian Cogman, the Cogman, and directed by Brian Kirk, the second of his trilogy of episodes directed. Uh, and frankly, this is a damn good one. This is a good one to have under your belt, Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things. This was a, uh, like, hit their stride. They did hit their stride. That that cliffhanger at the end, man. They they. I remember the first time I was watching this, I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I'm in. Let's fucking do this shit, baby." It's the cliffhanger you care about. It's the first mm. one you're like, "Oh, now I need to know what happens here." Yeah. You're like, "I need to go to the next episode." Yeah. Oh yeah, this one, man. I, I this one will be uh like interesting because. Every storyline has a lot going on, like, is the thing. Uh, like, mm. at the wall, like, this was, like, an episode where I think you actually start to care about the wall as well. Yes. Um, and it's not just, like, all right, whatever the fuck they're doing out there. It's, it's like, I think you actually, like, start to care about a lot of things in this episode, actually. You start to care. I think this is the first time you see John as a little bit more endearing than he has been in the past, actually taking mm. a stand and stuff. And it's uh, it's really nice to see, but... uh. Tab, how you how you feeling about this this fourth episode of season one overall? I, I mean, it's 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 getting us up there. I feel like these first few episodes, while um, they they do a lot of the background work establishing the relationships between the characters, um, it's all it's all ultimately some of the most fruitful parts of the of the script, and that it, it is uh, the the these these parts that you miss later on, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and man, you do, you do. We got a we got a couple good character introductions this week as well. We uh, we meet Samuel Tarley, who obviously becomes a much much larger part of this show at large. We get this week. We officially get our first Hodor, which I was very very excited about. Uh, might have to do a Hodor count. I feel okay. like we got. I feel like we got three Hodors in this episode. Um. Three. I think I think there were three Hodors. I wonder why it was credited in the episode before. Or was that two episodes ago? No, it was yeah. it was last episode. I don't know why it was. Yeah. I was like, what that, the fuck? That was strange. But uh, okay, we yeah we got for real Hodors this time, which was which is yeah, nice. we got There's actual three, Hodors. That was three total. I believe I believe there Hodor was a he, he bursts into the, he bursts <laughs> into the room. He goes Hodor, and uh, Theon's like get 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 the boy. And he's like Hodor, 
And then he walks he walks into the uh the meeting with Tyrion. He's like Hodor. I am adding a Hodor counter um column to the very end, and we'll just keep a running tally of how many Hodors we have throughout Game of Thrones. That's a great idea. Uh, that, so that, that's, that's a great cool. idea. That's a great idea. We got oh. zero 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 three so far. Fuck yeah. Um, Hodor counter. Fuck yeah. There we go. Um. Anyway. Uh, th- that's Beatles. all. That's all I had to say, I guess, on on yeah. the Hodor counter. Nothing no, too yeah, the, important. The Beatles told us all we need is love, but we know the truth. All we need is Hodor. Mm. Um, Hodor. 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 But let's do a semi scene by scene breakdown, taking this thing location by location. Pretty beefy one down at King's Landing this week, but mm. uh, we start at Winterfell for this episode. Brand's having a vision, a vision quest, a nightmare. In which he's seeing a raven with three eyes sitting on a stone of of one of the dire wolves outside the doorway to the Stark crypts. And you can't you can't help but think about obviously where Brand's storyline goes at large with this one. Mm. Uh the three-eyed raven making contact with our boy Brand. Uh, the way the Winterfell crypts come into play later on with, I don't know, pretty much every fucking character who dies. Um, and the battle, the battle of Winterfell and everyone down there, like, man, the crypts are a eerie, eerie place because of where that, where that story line goes. And, uh, I remember seeing this Raven with three eyes for the first time and being like, Oh, my f- no, fuck no. I ain't fucking with that thing. Yeah, I always wondered if that was all the Ravens in Game of Thrones universe, if just all of them had three eyes. Like, I just kind of accepted that that's what Ravens were. But mm-hmm. like, no, nah, it's just it's the specific one. Um, but the special Raven. Mm-hmm. The special Me. Raven. The three eyes. Yes, he has. He has. He has three eyes. That's why they call him that. But uh, he wakes up to find his dire wolf Summer at his side. And uh, Theon walks in and is like, ah, little lord, we have company. Come on now. And uh, he's like, I have no interest in joining you this day. I will not be doing that. And he's like, ah, you have no say in the matter. Hodor, get in here. Hodor. And uh, he, he he comes on in. He helps carry Bran on down to the Great Hall. And this is where Rob Stark is hosting a meeting with Tyrion Lannister and Yorin both traveling down from the wall to King's Landing together, and Rob's very plain about his distaste for Tyrion, and I like the way Tyrion gives him shit back, you know, the way he's like, hey man, you don't have to play any, uh, you know, niceties with me. I know you don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you either. Let me go find a brothel, and I'll, we'll both sleep better tonight, okay? <laughs> this was, uh, he said, like, I'll try not to tire her out for you, or something like that. Like the girl oh, he, said that, that to, he says that to Theon. I like that he's yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's beefing with everyone in Winterfell, which is hilarious. Right, and it's just beef with everyone in general. Hmm. Um, I feel like it was based on this identification that at first Tyrion had with the Lannister name as well, because it's it's uh, I think it, I think yeah, it's it's based on that that family um, division. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, this this whole interaction is it's one of my favorite scenes in the episode. It might it might fuck around and end up being my favorite scene the way Tyrion treats Bran here um mm-hmm. i really i really really love it uh the way he's he's drawn up a little uh 
a little saddle for him to be able to ride again, which I was like, oh, that's that's just sweet. That's just that's just precious. I love that shit. Um, but uh, form, you know, it's, yeah, yeah he's like, I've got a soft spot in my heart for cripples, bastards, and broken things. Okay. I don't know, Tyrion. That's and that's I think what they were doing for Tyrion is is they're they're making you like him a whole lot, even though he's kind of you know a, a douche in, in some aspects, but <laughs> just being a, a man during this time. Um, th- as far as characters go, you like Tyrion. You're, they're making you. I remember the first time I watched this. They're making you have that internal dissonance where you're like, "This is Tyrion's dagger," but like. No way Tyrion did that shit, right? Like, there's no way Tyrion was in charge of that. Um, and obviously, we have the inclination to go. It was probably Cersei or Jaime. But, uh, you know, it being Tyrion's dagger, that's nothing to... That's pretty damning. But they keep te- they keep showing you Tyrion being a pretty decent guy. And specifically, a decent guy to children and Starks and bastards. Cripples, bastards, and broken things. Like, he is, he is a champion of the oppressed, Tyrion Lannister. Um <laughs> He's quite the champion of the oppressed. I was thinking <laughs> he might get the character nod, but I think there's one character that really shined this episode. I'm curious if if I'm just bl- thinking that he did. I don't know. I- I'm going to hold off and just see if you guys... No, he did. Um, but... I guess I should have even said he. Shit. No, yeah. Um, I, I, it's it's cool. To, it's cool. It's cool. But, uh, yeah, Tyrion explains to Rob that, you know, you have to shape the horse to the rider. You know, he'll have to, they'll have to raise a horse to ride with Bran. It, it's not like they can just, uh, they're not gonna be able to do anything else there. Uh, this is how it, it takes discipline to, to raise a horse to be able to have, hold a cripple up like that. And, uh, I loved, I loved, I just loved the way that Tyrion was treating him here. And, uh, you know, uh, he does it to repay, uh, John's friendship. And uh, because he has a weakness for cripples, bastards, and broken things. And they specifically go into this a little bit more in the book, which I loved the part in the book where John is informed that Bran woke up and he, he like runs through Castle Black celebrating like, yes, woohoo, hooray. He like runs to Tyrion, lifts him up by his armpits and like twirls him around and like hugs him and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> Like I just would have loved to see Kit Harrington do that to Peter Dinklage. I think that would have been fucking awesome. But uh Yeah. They were like Jon Snow must brood. Jon Snow must only brood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't can't show any joy whatsoever, but uh and, and then Tyrion is like, oh, I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'll pay, I'll make sure to pay him a visit and he even like vouches to uh Lord Commander Mormont. He's like, uh, well, I'm heading south. I would love if John could accompany me. Because I know he would like to see his family one more time, say say some things now that Bran's awake and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we can't let that happen. And it's like, ah, but at least Tyrion tried, you know? At least he I, tried to get him down there. Yeah, Night's Watch is just like, generally, your life is over. You're here, your life, I suffer, you suffer as well. I feel like that's yeah. what it is, too. Yeah, I went through this, you have to go through this. No evolution of our practices here. No. Um, yeah, we will not try to do things for the betterment of our uh, our our enlisted. But due to this kindness, Rob says that Tyrion can stay, and Tyrion's like, "All right, guy, I don't give a fuck about your niceties. I'm gonna go find a bed uh, in a brothel somewhere, and we can both sleep a lot better." Uh, and as he prepares to leave the castle, Theon comes to Tyrion, 
and rather condescendingly tries to send him off. He's like, ah, if you're staying with the prostitute and you're into redheads, ask for Roz. And, uh, he's, he's like, he's like, she'll get you right. And Tyrion's like, oh, is that right? Uh, why is, uh, why is Lady Catelyn not here? What the fuck's going on here? And Tyrion's like, or, uh, Theon's like, ah, well, she's, uh, you know, she's not feeling well. Okay, so she's not here. Uh, that's cool. Good to know. Where is she? And, uh, he's like, I, I, I don't. And Theon's, or Tyrion's like, all right, all right. So j- look at you, little fucking Greyjoy, so loyal to your captors. How would Balon feel had, if he saw his son being a little lackey to his captors? You know, how, how would he feel then? And Theon's like, I, 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 I and then, Tyrion. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Tyrion flicks flips him a little coin and goes, "Yep, next time you have you have a, a tussle with Roz, it's on me. I'll try not to tire her out too much." <laughs> Damn. Um, and it just hit me that Ross is uh, the girl that John mentions to Sam. Yeah, the perfect, you know, the girl that he turned down. Eventually, yes. which I, I mean, uh, I don't want to get into it too much now, but I, I just, no, Roz, I, Roz, is, that, yeah. Um, you, we got the king in the north. She is the whore in the north. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's everyone she's fucks whore, with Roz. Yeah, yeah, queen whore. I don't know. That, that's like a, I don't know. It feels weird to say, but I guess I don't know. No. She's probably, she's yeah, in the context of the show, she's a, she's a dandy lady. She seems to enjoy her, uh, her, uh, endeavors, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I take I take it, and you know I also take it that you know if Ned Stark has probably been like, "Hey Roz, you know we could hook you up with a job in the castle, right?" You know, like you ain't you ain't got to do all this, and she's probably like, "Ah, no, you know I'm cool. I like this. I, I have fun." Yeah, um, that job in the castle is pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie to you, I have like more control over the things I do this way. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, that that concluded our storyline in Winterfell, and. uh very, very nice and brief, but uh, yeah, I lo- I loved Tyrion giving everybody shit. It's always a, it's always a upside with with Tyrion Lannister, especially in these early seasons. The way he can talk to anybody and make them feel smaller than he is. Mm. Yeah, no, he does it every time too. Mm-hmm. He's just, and that's the thing. He he wear like what he told. I was it John. Like wear it like armor. Um, yeah, that's just what he does. He's like it doesn't affect him. Like when Theon calls him imp, he's like, "Oh, sorry, I offended you." Like, "Sorry, I offended you." You know, yeah. like is what he said. Like, which is just like I don't know. It's it's so. He's like, "Oh, you you are you're making fun of me. <laughs> I must have hurt your feelings. Like, yeah. I must be I must be living in that brain rent free, yeah. homie. What's up? Yeah. What's your problem?" He's yeah. just so confident. That's I, that's just kind of what it is. Is he just he just knows who he is? And I don't know. That's <laughs> I, I love his character. Um, yeah, Tyrion's fantastic, and, and he's he's fantastic. Peter Dinklage deserves so much props for the way he plays Tyrion Lannister. Like, oh. I think he might get the performance nod this episode because I was I thinking like I liked his character um, here, but I and not as much. As, there's two other characters I have in mind for this episode, um, but performance wise, it's either um, what's her name, uh, Catelyn. Uh, Michelle Fairley. Yeah, it's either her, like at the end, whenever she's calling all the people up and doing everything for the performance, or maybe like possibly. I don't know. I've given Sean Bean a lot, but like, goddamn, he's just so. He's good. just that good. He's just, and like, he's only in it for one season. You got to give him the love while you can. So if if that's the route you go, I I respect it every time. 
but I think I don't know. I think we still got some more Tyrion left, so maybe I'll wait. I'll I'll wait on it a little bit. Yeah. Because we do have some more left of him, right? Yeah, that scene with Michelle. Yeah, with, yeah, at the, yeah, at the very yeah. end. Yeah, that's right. So, oh, I, maybe I'll wait on it a little bit. But I think right now he might be the front runner for me. Um, Peter Dinklage, man, you can't you can't go wrong with it. He's a, uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for you know we we often like shine our light on the characters that performed with the most range in any given episode. There's got to be something said for just so concisely fucking nailing the character you're playing like mm. never ever in this show am i like oh he doesn't really feel like Tyrion, you know like, like he's he yeah, is he, he just is Tyrion. you know what i'm saying like that's just uh he's he's too fucking good in that role and like this is a perfect episode for that sort of nod uh the way peter dinklage played and frankly there was never really as i was watching this one there wasn't a standout performance i don't think like it was all it was all kind of that. Every character was just playing. Every actor was just playing their character, and it's a matter of how well they played it that you wanted to that you wanted to go with it. So can't go wrong with Peter Dinklage. Um, if I remember correctly, the, the Tyrion in the book is quite different from Tyrion in the TV show, right? He's uh he's a little different, at least as far as I'm reading now. He uh oh. character character wise, he's 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 maintaining a lot of characteristics. But uh, it's more appearance and the way he carries himself is a little different. Like, he's a lot more, like, acrobatic in the books. Like, that scene in the first episode where he talks to John outside of the, the feast. You remember that one? In the yeah. book, he enters that scene by doing, like, a fucking cartwheel backflip off of the I top of some shit. Like, what is he, like, backflipping into scenes? Like yeah. Yes, exactly. Like that's exactly what I mean. He and he does he does all sorts of shit like that to kind of play like the gesture a little bit, you know. He's the end. He plays into it like mm-hmm. hardcore. Yeah. But as far as the book so far, his dialogue is pretty much line for line. If if they really? do anything, it's kind of like they just cut scenes out, like oh. that one I mentioned earlier with with John and Tyrion, kind of expa- expanding on their relationship. But. Uh, yeah, like his his dialogue has been pretty pretty bar for bar. He stole my fucking flow, word for word, bar for bar. He went, he's on his soldier boy shit. But <laughs> let's go to the wall. This yes. is uh, up at Castle Black. A new recruit for the Night's Watch has arrived, and it's good old Samuel Tarley of Hornhill. Well, I was of Hornhill. Uh it's the son of the the biggest dick in all the land, Randall Tarley. Uh, he does suck. He sucks hard. Oh, Randall Tarley is an all-time bastard. Yeah. Rat bastard Randall Tarley. But, uh... Bastard. Yeah, he's, uh... He's a bit soft. He's He's been, he's been you know, shielded from these sorts of things for most of his life, Samwell, and his first practice fight does not go as well as one might hope. Gets nice and knocked around. Gets his ass beat a little bit. And Sir Alistair Thorne is not not one for weakness. He directs the other recruits to go ahead and attack Sir Piggy, as he is dubbed. Uh, but John finds this uh, to be a little unfair. A bit cruel. You know, he didn't ask for this. 
come on now, guys. And he, he goes ahead and steps in front of them. And Thorne's like, all right, yeah, you know what? Good fucking idea, John. All of you, try to get to the piggy. And you have to make it past the bastard. Um, another, another, another dick. <laughs> oh, dude. And I wanted to put some respect on this one. This guy, he is eventually going to get a performance nod out of me. I don't know if this is the one necessarily, but Sir Alistair Thorne, I, I like, I don't, I don't fucking like the guy one fucking bit. And that's part of why he's so fucking awesome. Uh, That's why he's so good at, uh, that's why he's so good at the role, but he is utterly fantastic. I'm trying to find, uh, trying to find the actor's name, but I can't find it here. We go to the episode. Sir, what's his, uh, Alistair Thorne. Alistair Thorne. Owen Teal. Owen Teal. Yes, Owen Teal. Yeah, he, uh, he's, he fucking kills it. Like, this was, uh, specifically later on when he interrupts John and Sam being all buddy buddy mm. like and he comes in there and just rips <laughs> them apart I'm like okay this dude's he's a he good actor he's an absolute dick them. yeah yeah he yeah. laid into them for no reason to no he's like no. basically he's like a, a the generational argument he's like you kids <laughs> will never fucking have it as bad he basically Dude, gave him the I walk uphill both ways you know, yeah both he's ways. west he's Westeros's version of Mr. Vernon from the Breakfast Club <laughs> yes yes Damn. Yeah, no, he, I don't know, but he, it makes sense that that person would exist at the wall, though. Oh, like, 100%. Because everyone 100%. there, so, like, everyone there hates each other. Like, it's only, like, now that, like, the idea of protecting each other, like, they protect each other because it's, like, the vow they swear. And it's, like, mm. you're going through all this shit that I do. But it's, like, they they don't seem that they actually, like, like each other at all, really. No. It's, like, they're all there. They're all protecting each other because they have to. Like, well, and that's what like, I liked that about Gior Mormont in the last episode. Whenever Tyrion was like, "This guy is pretty original in his methods, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah, but he he turns them into men of the Night's Watch. That like that's what that's what we're looking for, you know? All these dudes show up and they're pussies, and this dude hardens them up real fast. I mean, it's, and it's uh, fair. I mean, like the thing is, is like on college campuses, hazing is is completely you know you can't do it, get in a lot of trouble, but you get join the military. And it's 500 times worse than any amount of hazing you can get from any fraternity. Like, that's the thing is like, you literally get, it's unbelievable. You get tortured, like, for your life that you're like, you're treated the way the CIA treats POWs. It's insane (laughs) that that is just, you know, that's just how it is. But like, if you want to create a weapon, that's how you do it. You know, you strip them of all, all humanity and, Make him a fighting machine. That's, that's what, what you got to do, I guess. That's what Alistair's, that's what Alistair's going for, Sir Thorne. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, come on, get to the little piggy. Uh, John's found his uh, his lady love in Samuel Tarley, and John nevertheless beats all their asses. Um, goes ahead and dispatches them all very quickly, and Samuel is like, a, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. And John's like, it's not going to get any easier, you know. And he's like, <laughs> I can't be there every time. I like, yeah, I like how John's a friend, but he's also like, dude, you gotta like, you gotta, you gotta step it up a little you bit. Know, you gotta do something, dude. And Sam's like, I can't. I'm a coward. And John, Gren, and Pip all look at each other like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he, as he walks away, Gren's like, mother 
motherfucker. We if they saw us talking to him, they're gonna think we're cowards now. <laughs> I love I love Sam. Gren and Pip. Mm. Gren and Pip in this are so fucking funny. The way uh Pip's like, You're too stupid you're too stupid to be a coward, and he's like, I'm not stupid and he like like <laughs> froths at the mouth as he says it. I'm like, dude, I'm- these dudes fantastic in their roles as well. Just middle school amongst the adults. Like, that's all that the, the wall is. Right. <laughs> uh, but Sam joins John up atop the wall for a sentry duty next, warning him that his eyesight isn't the best and that he's afraid of heights and he's not very good in the cold. And John's like, so why the fuck are you here then? You just explained every aspect of the wall. And you're bad at all of them. And you came here? Yeah, and Sam's like, and we're like, and we're like, okay, well, now let's get Sam's absolutely devastating backstory. Um, On my 18th name day, my father offered me a choice. I could either, you know, uh, go ahead and come here or I would, I would get fucking killed. Uh, (laughs) I I was, I was on, I was unworthy of his name and birthright. I was forced to. A little. involved there. Yeah, yeah. Forced to join the Night's Watch and told him that if he refused, he would arrange a hunting trip with his son in the woods and implied that Sam would be killed in a way that looked accidental. And John is like, oh, oh okay. Can you imagine nothing. your dad coming to you and t- telling you, that, like, just being like, look, listen, I don't love you, alright? We're gonna have to either kill you or send you away. Now, it's going to look like an accident, all right? Like, no remorse. No, like, I can assure you, I can make this shit look real, okay? <laughs> like, you like you died accidentally. I have that ability. So do with that what you will. The yeah. final detail of nothing would please me more is what he said at the end. That's what he ended it with. I, it'll be a hunt. You'll fall off your horse. And at least that don't make it what it'll seem like. And nothing would please me more. Damn, that's like, oh. yeah. And well, and what's cool though is that John's like, "Oh shit, mm. <laughs> you're a true-born son of high birth, and you were treated way worse by your family than I ever was," which I think is something that ends up making him gravitate towards Sam a whole lot because he's like, "Oh man, like." <laughs> I didn't even have like a fucking reason. Like you didn't even have a fucking reason to be treated like that. Like I'm a bastard, bro. I deserved that shit. Like internally, you know, he didn't deserve that shit. But like, he's like, ah, I mean, like at least there was reason behind my shit. You know, like they, they were like, this guy, ain't, this guy ain't true born. You, on the other hand, I don't know what the fuck going on. <laughs> I love that John's like, again, it's not gonna get any easier. You know, he's like, I know. Do you think he'll make me fight again? <laughs> yes. Aww. <laughs> Fuck. You're not gonna get any better. And then John's like, "Well, you can't get any worse." They share their first little laugh. You know? I love it, dude. That was one of the things from this episode that just made me really, really happy. Is that we finally get John and Sam together, like the best homies forever now. Like they, they are just dogs for life now. Yep. Um. And I, I forgot that it happened four episodes in. Like, I thought that would have already happened by now. Yeah. 
uh, I'm very, very satisfied with it. I, I, lo- I loved these scenes and, uh, the, the next few are my favorites and it's why John is my favorite character of the episode. He's, he is in my top two for consideration. Um, there is one other that we haven't gotten to yet that I think mm. might take it. I don't know. Um, but John is, is the front runner right now. I'll have to talk through the other one though, but God, John, I think it's the way he holds the, it down. It's, bro. it's the first episode where you're like, okay, this dude's not just a side bastard character. You know, well, he's, he's like, like, oh, like the first two, he's like that side character, the side character who you're like, oh, we keep coming back to him a little bit. The third one, you're like, this guy's really high and mighty. I'm not like, not like loving him yet. This is the first time he shows like, I mean, like, oh, I think man. he showed it with with that scene with Arya in, like, the second episode. But beyond that, we haven't gotten, like, a taste of the nobleman that John is. Um, and, uh... Good old Roz. Get the noble, good old Roz, noble, man. nobleman good out old of John. Good old Roz. But John orders the recruits to go easy on Sam. He's like, all right, guys, we're taking it easy on Sam. Let's Let's lay off him a little bit. And, uh, but Rast over there is like, <laughs> if they tell me to fight the Lady Piggy, I'm going to slice myself off a side of bacon. And John gave him like a death stare. John ends like, up killing this guy. I don't know if you remember that. Um, because this is the guy who ends up killing Lord Commander Gior Mormont. Oh, man. There's I think, so I think it's him. There's so much like, that happens in this show. The fucking the the fucking mutiny up at craster's keep later on like the fucking wall stuff the wall stuff gets intense and it gets really good but uh any hoozle um Mm. in response to rast's comments that night john goes to his bed with uh with the help of gren and pip they hold a rope over his mouth let ghost get in his face and they go no one will be touching sam they did the good old Godfather wake up with a horse head in your bed yeah. uh, thing to to rast here, and uh, this was this was when I was like, okay, yeah, John's my favorite of the episode. I, I have no doubts. Like this is when I was like, fuck yes, my man is finally becoming the hero I remember him as. You know, like uh, I love it. I love it. I, how do you think he got uh, Ghost to do that? You know, like. It's like a Targaryen and their dragon sort of thing, where like yeah. it's like, hey, uh, Seraxes, come at this exact moment, right, right when I say this, you know, then make your entrance to yeah, make right. it dramatic. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like sort of thing. Like I, I, I in my head canon is before every dragon or direwolf scene that they have like a little pep talk with them beforehand, and they're like, okay, buddy, yeah. okay, we're gonna we're gonna intimidate them. You're gonna look really mean. You're gonna get your mean face on. You're gonna get right up in them, and you're gonna you're gonna just. That's all you're gonna do. Don't hurt them, but just don't hurt them. That's like that's that's head in my head. Here's a little treat. You know, like uh, like (laughs) some some shit. And then afterwards, there's the before, and then there's the after. Like, good, you did such a good job. You're a good boy. Like, here's here's you know, who's a good boy? Who was another treat? You know, yeah, some shit like that (laughs) with Ghost. But uh, yeah, Ghost was intimidating as all hell. I'd certainly not want to fuck with Ghost. Those red eyes are frightening. Shit. Um. But this this manages Rash to you know cooperate uh, after they they go ahead and square off with one of one each other. Sir Alistair Thorne's like, "Come on now, Rast, hit him!" And he like <laughs> taps him on the shoulder. Keeps look like I love the way he keeps looking at John, 
He's like, is this okay? Am I doing okay? Am I going to get hurt now? Are you going to kill me? And John, like, looks at him like, like, I love, like, I love that this dude's, like, feared. Like, they, they're like, yeah, we don't want to fuck with him. Uh, and the, the way they keep looking at him, and then Gren gets in there, and he's like, hit me. Fucking hit me. Then he, dude like, kind of hits him. so hard. Dude yeah. flopped. Oh, ah, I yield, I yield, I yield. Like, <laughs> oh, no, man, that's so fucking funny. Uh, and Alistair sees right through this. He walks right to John, <laughs> grabs him by the collar, and is like, you think this is fucking funny? You think this is a goddamn game? You want to be protected by hard bastards. You don't want no softies up here. And uh, I, I just, I just really, really loved this shit. And uh, you're right. It's John. I can't. It's John. It's John Snow. <laughs> it's John. It's John Snow. There's no question. Because even the there's one more scene that even solidifies it even more. So yeah, exactly. Like by this point in the episode, it's already surefire, and then he's got one more scene where it's like, oh, he's such a sweetie. Um, <laughs> he's, he's such a sweetheart. Uh, way to protect your uh, uh, heirs, though. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's claim. it's a great deal of guilt without he's knowing, carrying. Um, yeah. without knowing to protect your claim. You know that that's what I was kind of thinking the whole time. Is like, well, it, it's kind of beneficial for you to be a virgin, actually. Um. You, you you are a man and you can do what you want. Um, and the bastard son wouldn't necessarily matter, but then you know, to for his claim and his future claims, I guess you know, if if it were to get to that, yeah, um, it's just so weird knowing where it goes, and like hearing this conversation and thinking of like the first woman he gets with. Well, I guess it's Idrid or Egrid, Egrid, Egrid. But the first girl he gets, Prager, um, someone else. But no, I mean, no, no confirmation it, there. Is it? A, no, yeah, it wasn't assumed actually. No, and not at all at all. No, they, she wasn't at all actually. There was no inclination. It's just they fucked. That was it. Yeah, they just had yeah. a good time. They just, they just had the sex that once, maybe a couple how, more times. How maybe. long after the sex was the end? Time. Because was the um, sex at the season finale, the season seven finale? Yeah, it was the season seven finale, okay. and so they're together. Just, so it literally was, they got off the boat. Yeah, like it, it. went to Winterfell. So it's yeah, like, like right, they the rest up. of the show is like probably max. So there could have been a baby in there. Max four months would be my guess yeah, for the so rest of the show. she would have been showing. She would have been showing. Yeah, regardless though. Damn. Uh, it, so that's a ways did. away. That's a ways away. Um, in true baby would be dead too yeah. um, regardless but yeah it's a pain it's a pain but any who's will uh here on john and sam are cleaning the dining hall and they sam's like well, it kind of sucks doesn't it you know the whole i mean what the hell with this institution mate i mean like oh just because we're standing at the wall we got to be celibate like i don't get it and john's like i didn't think you'd be bothered by that so much buddy <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Because I'm fat, I can't be horny? And uh, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Yeah, this, and, uh, this might be the it, this might be the scene, too. It's my it's, scene. It's my and, scene. And that's the thing, is that, like, I like to spread love, but man, this one is just, like, the, it's too good the of a implications of it, too, like, the, the further implications, and, like, just in the moment, too, it's so good. 
Um, yeah, no, like it's a, I think it's my favorite scene as well. Um, I'll hold because, off, but it's probably going to end up being it though. Yeah, I've already, I've already punched all my stuff in and it's, it's what I, it's what I had immediately after finishing the episode. It's the one that I've, I've come back to because this whole scene is just really, uh, it's really endearing to both John and Sam overall. The way that, uh, he's, he's like, well, did you ever, did you ever, did you ever? And he's like, no, I actually, I'm, I'm like you. No. I, <laughs> I got close once. I was in a room with a naked woman, but did you alive. know? You didn't know where to put it. I know where to put it, man. <laughs> I know where to put it. Come oh. on. I know Come that on. much. Jeez, I'm basically a sex god in theory. In theory, man. Doctor Medium. Yeah, uh, but he's like, but, but no, she had like perfect tits though, so like it was cool. And, yeah, no, like, but I saw some great knockers that day. Um, uh, Roz, Roz with the perfect. I like that. Like yeah, he's they couldn't like, say it. They such couldn't a, say he's it, yeah. such a virgin that he can't even say boobs or tits or breasts or anything. He's just making like hand movements. He's like, <laughs> did she have? What about her? What about her? The the the, thing. the things. He was like. He was like, "Oh, you don't want to know." And he's like, "Oh, yeah. that great, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah, even better." Yeah. He's, he says, "Even better." better. Yeah, like they're so, I don't know. Just Roz. That's an that is an attractive woman. There's there's no there's no denying this. Um, very 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 attractive woman, and so so much so that Samwell's forced to be like, "So why?" Why exactly did you not make love to Roz with the perfect <laughs> and John John getting meta 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 with him? What's my name? John Snow. And why is my surname Snow? Because you're a bastard from the north. And then the whole thing he goes into here, you know, I never met my mother, my father wouldn't even tell me her name. I don't know if she's living or dead. I don't know if she's a noblewoman or a fisherman's wife or a whore. So I sat there in the brothel as Roz took off her clothes, but I couldn't do it. Because all I could think was what if I got her pregnant and she had a child, another bastard named Snow. It's not a good life for a child. So you didn't know where to put it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, Sam, I fucking love you, dog. You're you're like and then like he chases him around the table and starts like he's like (laughs) gives him a little punches in the punches on the shoulder and stuff. He's like (laughs) Buddy Of course right when they do this. Like of course like the timing here is just Yeah, no. Alistair couldn't have walked in on gay or gay or anything. Um (laughs) in in his eyes. Yeah, but he's uh, like, in his mind, he's like, "Oh, okay, the rumors are true." Yeah, no, they're they... flirting hard, and uh, yeah. Alistair Thorne comes in and he's like, "All right, John, how about you stop being a little pussy and taking it easy on Sam here? He needs to harden up to survive the winter that is coming." Uh, he tells him that the uh, his experience being north of the wall in the last winter for six months, and they were like, "Yeah, you know what? We had to eat motherfuckers." Sam, you'd be a good one to have around. Yeah. Last a while, fill us up. Last, last a fortnight on you, That's and then we'd have bones left over for soup. I think he's like for he soup, like that. Yeah, like damn, <laughs> like Jesus, dude. Yeah, like, he's like he starts off. He's like, do you guys even remember the last winter ten years ago? What is it? And John's like, yeah, I remember. And he's like, no, you don't. You don't even know cold. I was north of the wall. 
you took your glove off to find your your pee pee, froze your finger <laughs> off, and froze your pee pee too. Yeah, he's like, oh dude, I don't know. He just he did. You're, you're he right. came in there. He was like, he was like, y'all are acting gay, but you know what, Sam? I'm gonna eat that ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's true. He did say that. Actually, can I'm gonna eat that ass, Sam? That's how I imagine prison would be. Yeah, <laughs> basically, what the wall is, kind of like. They're like, um, you want your hand gone, or do you want to go to the wall? Your pick. I'd take a, I, if I could bargain for a few fingers, I think I'd take that. It would depend on oh, the fingy. That's a hard bargain. Yeah, do we? I think you get rid, I don't know. I basically don't have an index finger, because I can't bend it past here, because it's just been dislocated or broken so bad. So, like, I basically mm. live without an index finger. And I think that is the one I would get rid of. You'd think it'd be the pinky, but you use your pinky so much to grip things. If you if you grip, try to grip like a fake rod in your hand, do it without your index finger, it is so tight. Do it without your pinky, it's like half the strength. Your pinky adds so much there. Yeah, there's a lot of there's um, a, I was thinking I was thinking if I had to lose two, it would probably be these two. But then I was like, I don't know. <laughs> can't flip people off. You gotta have the the middle Maybe it's a. You keep maybe it's like a balance. These three. Like I, yeah. I think I go for each. each you you each. keep the middle ring and pinky. You get rid of your thumb and index. Maybe no, your thumb's way too important. Yeah, thumb, thumb is that holds it all. That's yeah. tough. That is tough, and that's just even if you bargain for fingers, they they they're taking the hand at first. Yeah, Those no, I'm fucked. Like, you know, like damn, Jamie. They're Jamie. You know, you're getting Jamie Lannister. Jamie. Lannister. So good luck, bitch. <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, I'll go to the wall. But uh, yeah, that concluded it for the wall this week as well. So a uh, mm-hmm. nice, nice quick storyline at the wall as well. And next up, we're in Vais Dothrak. The city of horses. Cal uh, Drogo's Kalasar arrives at Vais Dothrak, the Dothraki city. And there are no city walls, but a very large random gateway of two statues of horses rearing up. And I love the idea that they're like, like you couldn't even technically like go around it and get into Vais Dothrak. Like you have to, you, the only way you enter what is technically Vais Dothrak is if you go through these arches. I didn't even think about that. It is just an open land. It's open. But they have to enter it through. (laughs) It's open field for like miles. It is like, tradition. <laughs> it is just tradition. They do you think they go all the way around? Like if they're on the other side, no, they, there just has to be multiple entries. There's no way this is the only and is it in? Is it just the border? Is it you know? That's what's funny that you know the, we're so caught up in borders and stuff like that because of our limited scope of what is possible in Vice Dothrak. You know, it's like it's like uh it's like Asgard. Mm. It's not a place, it's yeah, a yeah. people. You know what I'm saying? Like Fair. we are Vais Dothrak, but we're more specifically Vais Dothrak when we walk under these horses. Um <laughs> and a very large, vast area of land after that too. So. Yeah, like I mean, just for miles. <laughs> like it's it's a very, very large quath of land, but uh <laughs> quath. Um it's uh it's 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 annoying Viserys rather heavily that uh 
you know, Drogo is taking his army in the wrong direction. They're supposed to be marching on the Seven Kingdoms, and we are marching deeper into Essos, which is not what I thought I'd be doing. <laughs> and, uh, There's a lot of things he probably didn't think he'd be doing over there or having done to him. Yeah, you know, I think he... he, he I can't wait for him to get his crown, man. What is that? Crown for King? Gold Episode 6? Fuck! It's not even next week. Shit. Damn, is it 6? I'm assuming it's a golden crown. That's episode That six would make title. sense. That would no. make sense. Um, if I'm, I'm just going off the episode title. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's actually. No, yeah. That, I mean, regardless, it's coming up. It's this season. We know it is. Yeah. It can't be long now before we don't have to deal with Viserys anymore. And, uh, we get a, we get a real, uh, kind, pretty icky scene between Viserys and Doria here. Where he's he's bathing with her, she's she's washing his body, and he she's like, "So you're the last dragon, right?" And he's like, "Yep, that's me." And she's like, "Did you ever see any dragons?" And he's like, Tuh, "No, no, shit's, shit's been dead a long time before I did, but I have seen their skulls." And uh, he recites the names of several dragons, their their skulls, as you get closer and closer to the throne room, and how uh. He's like, he's like, yeah, and I'm gonna make this real interesting and splice it with a little commentary on how my dick is getting hard, and <laughs> and it's gonna be a little double entendre e. And she's real down. She's real down for this, you know. They uh, they 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 get to they get to fucking, and she starts to annoy him with her talk of dragons, you know. You know, they <laughs> she's like, oh, that's sad, and he's like, yeah. It is sad. It what is. the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the way he's like, "What did I? What did I fucking buy you for?" And she's like, uh, "To teach Danny to uh, please Drogo." Oh, oh, is that what I did? No. Get to fucking. He's like, such, <laughs> like literally such a dick. Oh, he is the fucking worst. Perfect uh, normal regular person conversation. Yeah, and he's like, "All right, now finish." He just yeah. like sits back and just like sits there, posts up, and it's like, "God, this guy's disgusting." Yeah, I cannot wait Can't for Cal Drogo to pour. It is episode six, so we Fuck do have yes. two more weeks. Only two um, more yeah, weeks. It is only episode two six. more weeks. Only two more weeks until and I mean, we celebrate the shit. I I rewatched the clip because I had to because I was scrubbing just to see like if it was in there just to confirm. Uh, did not remember how. Hard, Caldrogo stares him in the face. Caldrogo gets right up to Viserys' face, stares him in the eyes as he dies the whole time. Fuck yeah, it's Fuck yeah. I, I never noticed that before. That like just made it way more badass. So, um, cool. so he really earned that shit. He really earned that shit. Round four, King. Oh God, I can't wait. Um, legendary, legendary. But Viserys is enraged. Next up, when Daenerys sends Dorea to invite him to dine with her, Dorea is just having a rough day uh, with Viserys because um, he's like, "You send her to come and get me for fucking dinner. You command, you dare command me." He drags her by the hair into Daenerys's tent, and she's like, "Yo, no, I just thought you might want to fucking eat, bro. What the yeah." Dude's just what are we doing here? 
just a loose cannon. He needs needs to be put down. Yes, he does. And, uh, he and uh, he insults her dinner and the gifts of clothes she's tried to give him. He, she tries to gift him a Dothraki sort of ensemble, and he's like, "Oh, you think I'm one of them?" And he, she's like, "Dude, these are my people now. I married into this. You did this. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't know what the, the fuck you want from me." The braids. He's he's like, "Oh, next you're gonna braid my hair," and she's like, "You don't deserve a braid." Oh. And I saw uh, a tweet of all the evolution of Daenerys's braids yeah. as she wins battles like that. I didn't, I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even know that she did that. I knew her hair got just more and more extravagant. I just thought it was just because like the show's budget got bigger and like it was just more grand and like she's just you know becoming a bigger character. So I'm like, yeah, her hair's just gotten. Nah, yeah, but, I know, noticed it was, that like, too. To keep the Dothraki tradition going, that's like that's sick. Yeah, um, she yeah. keeps adding braids to her hair as like, the show goes. The more she wins, and it's kind it gets of uh, insane. Like the picture was nuts. Like it was, it had, I mean, I don't even like probably thirty different like screenshots of how it progressed. Like I mean, yeah. it's so many different different mm-hmm. variations. There's so many di- more braids that were added. Um, very very impressive uh, shit. Yeah, I don't know if you can kind of make that but that's how many pictures there are i know you can't, can't make out the detail necessarily but like but there's uh, a plant there's a plant oh, there dude, yeah it's it gets so detailed but um yeah no very very cool shit and you know it, he's like oh you're gonna braid my fucking hair next and uh, <laughs> she's like you know what you don't have a you don't have a right to the braid you've never been victorious in battle bitch and uh you know he's Let's like see. all right all right you know what that's it he goes ahead and tackles her, strikes her. He's like, you're a horse lord sl- slut, and uh, now you've awoken the dragon. Bitch, you've been talking about this for weeks. <laughs> Ooh, you've been talking about this for weeks. Oh, I awoke the dragon. I'm just going to smack you, okay? Like, And then she 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 knocks the shit out of him. Grabs with, it like uh, the golden necklace that he threw at her. Yeah, which is funny. yeah. Like, just knocked him on the head. He just couldn't believe it. He's like, oh. And I love whenever Joffrey or Viserys or anything, whenever they get hit, the noises they make is so fucking funny. <laughs> like it's the biggest, it's the biggest bitch shit of all time. When Viserys gets hit, he goes, ah, you know, like, <laughs> like he's moaning or something. Like, God, bro. imagine having to play that character. That would suck. <laughs> that would suck so bad. And what's crazy is this dude's face bothers me so fucking much, and it's crazy because this is like. If he wasn't such a massive fucking dick, I'd think this is a pretty good looking dude. Like he's that's that's a good looking man. But goddamn, I fucking hate the side of his face. Anytime I see him, I'm like, ugh, I'm gonna vomit. I want gold poured on your head. That's Mm -hmm. all I want out of you now. That's all I can see. Um, yeah, no, he's he's just, man. I know it's satisfied. This was a very satisfying scene for Danny, though. Her being like, no. Like I am a Khaleesi. I am the oh. wife to the great call. Yeah, I, I am have... the wife to the great call, and I have his child inside of me. And therein, you mean nothing to them. She came about that. She came about that action. She was not. And then we get my favorite line of the episode. Mm. You raise the next time you raise a hand at me, it will be the last time you have hands. That's a good one. Damn. That's probably my line. 
I have I have my line because I he's no longer getting the character nod. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it's it's Littlefinger was the one I was considering maybe being the ah. the character because he got really interesting. But I'll give him the line this episode to give him a slight nod uh, whenever we get there. But um, this is probably the the actual best line of the episode here. Um, this is I don't know. Well, and I uh, not only was it the best line, these scenes are what made me go. You know what? I'm gonna go Amelia Clark as Daenerys for my performance as well. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah. That's very fair. She did kill it right here. She killed yeah. this shit, bro. Mm. And it's only it's only really this scene that she's in. She's not in she's not yeah. in anything else the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's this it. and the conversation she has with Jorah after where uh you know, after she hits him in the face, he's like uh, mm. oh, okay, bye. And later on, Daenerys confides in Jorah her realization that, oh, so what about all the people back in Westeros, like, praying on his return and stuff? And Jorah's like, yeah, you really, you think that's happening? You think that's not yeah. what's going on? Uh, and she's like, he's like, do you think that he should be king of the Seven Kingdoms? And she's like, no, he shouldn't be, and he never will be. Uh he is so weak and ineffectual that he couldn't command an army, even if Drogo gave him one. Even if he did. <laughs> Which he's not. Nope. No, he's not. Yeah, Cal Drogo is, uh, honestly, what, like, upon rewatch, one of more like than I thought I would at first, because he just seems so outright bad, but he's, 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 he's just man, a- He comes around. He comes around, like, like, don't get me wrong. It's it, and it's important in these next couple episodes. Whenever she like, uh, they have like the traditions where she like eats the heart and stuff, and they they like celebrate her. Like the way she falls in love with the Dothraki lifestyle, I think is incredibly informative on the way she acts the rest of the show. Oh yeah, like the yes. things that the things that Cal Drogo says mm-hmm. after he kills Viserys later on, where he's like, you know what? Fuck yeah. We're going to go to the Seven Kingdoms. I'm going to take you across the Great Sea and we're going to shit on everybody over there. We're going to kill them all. Fuck it. And she's like horned up listening to it. And he's like, he's like, fuck yeah, baby. Let's fucking do this. And she's like, yep. Let's go over there and kill those motherfuckers. You know, like, I think, I think there's more to the time she spends with the Dothraki than, than a lot. Like, this might be the most formative experience on the character she becomes. Uh, oh, yeah. And she went from being a, like, castled, you know, princess that was probably going to marry Viserys. Um, it was just going to be Viserys's, you know, thing forever to going into the craziest lifestyle No, uh, in the entire Game of Thrones universe, probably. Like, there's yeah. probably no other civilization that's as crazy as the, as the Dothraki, so nothing could face her moving forward. Like, she's like... No matter what culture shock I can experience, it will not be as large as the yeah, one I was forced one into and had to marry and do all of these. She had to eat a heart. She gave birth to Drake. Like, she did some yeah. nut. Like, there's nothing that could face her anymore. Like, mm-hmm. um, she's a know, bad that, bitch. I don't know. She, a lot of the lesson, like, lessons that she, like learned from that she uses later on in the show are always like back here, like during this time. Nah, bro. And you know, I think 
first time I'm watching the show, when she starts burning motherfuckers in King's Landing, I'm like, oh no, she really lost it. You know, she really, she really, really descended into madness. I rewatched it a year later and was like, I, I see how she got there. I do see how she got there. I think this time around, I'm going to watch it and by the end, I'm going to be like, burn those motherfuckers, honey. Do it. Yes. All of them. Do it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, I don't give a fuck, man. Do that shit. Do your thing. I and but like there's also the fact that, you know, I would also be like, all right, now John, I get it. I get it. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know, <laughs> like it's a whole bunch of yeah, I get it. You gotta do what you gotta do. That's kind of what this whole show is. Um mm. didn't need to happen in the first place though. No that's the not thing. One bit. Not one bit. John wouldn't have had to do what he needed to do if it didn't happen in the first place. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't, but but that I don't know. That it is kind of what they said that they were going to do. <laughs> like, uh, it, like I don't know what we expected. It is kind of exactly no, what season. they said. Yeah, for seasons um, she's talked about going. Over, I mean, like she also has those lines where she's like, "I have no intention of being queen of the ashes, and I want to rebuild the wheel. I don't want to enslave people." Uh, you know, yes, those are critically important lines to the journey she was set to go on. Um, and perhaps I'm having a selective memory when I say, yes, this is what she was always building towards. But, you know, it is what it is. Fuck it. We no, what we give. The kind of ruthlessness that is shown in how she conquers the other places in Essos um, is not out of line with what happens in Westeros. No, that's exactly the point Tyrion makes in like the finale. He's like, you know, they crucified crucified slavers and who could blame her they were terrible people she burns prisoners at war it's like it's war what are we gonna do you know like mm. but this was just a whole other level so like yeah some things some things all good things got to come to anina as mm-hmm. God said. yeah but uh that would conclude our storyline at vice dothrak and uh it also wrapped up all my favorites for the episode i got all mine out of the way my character, Jon Snow, performance, Amelia Clark as Daenerys Targaryen, scene, Jon and Samwell talking about their virginity, and line, the next time you raise a hand to me will be the last time you have hands. And we still got two locations left. We got King's Landing and the uh, the King's Road. So it's uh, nothing, nothing but good shit going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Red Keep. In King's Landing, Sansa is visiting the Great Hall where the Iron Throne sits. And she and Septa Mordain, who, I mean, I'm sorry, this Septa annoys the shit out of me. And she's never annoyed the shit out of me before. Uh, Boy, oh boy, is she bothersome. I'm like, I get it, Arya. I get why you hate this bitch. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) She annoys the shit out of me, but... They discuss the expectation of Sansa, that one day her son will sit upon the Iron Throne and her betrothed will sit upon the Iron Throne and she will be the queen. And Sansa's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds all good and well. But what if, what if, I love this, I, like, I'm being more sympathetic towards Sansa this watch just because I know she becomes super fucking cool. I've, I've, in past, like, the first watch after this, like, the first time I watched this, I was like, I don't really fuck with Sansa until the very end. I'm keeping in yeah. mind that she goes through a whole bunch of shit throughout yeah. throughout this show. Um and this part I absolutely get. The re- the way this resonates with me as a person who overthinks the shit out of way too much. Uh-huh. It's just it's just so sound. The way she's like, "All right, yeah, but what what if what I if mean, I only had daughters?" Uh-huh. If you're watching House of Dragon, 
Yeah, yeah. And then the Sept, of... the Sept is like, I mean, that's extremely unlikely. Um, yeah. You probably <laughs> will have, probably have boys. And she's like, yeah, but what if I don't? And she's like, she's like, you will. There's no, re- there's no reason to worry about these. But then everyone will hate me. Everyone will hate me. And uh, and she's like, okay, you're spiraling now, huh? Joffrey fucking hates me. And she's like, wait, no, like, I, no, he doesn't. How could you say that? And she's like, oh yeah, he does. Oh yeah, he does. Over like that shit that happened at the river and the the stuff with Lady. Like mm, he's got to be mad. And I just I just love that Sansa's like, I mean. She's right in thinking these things about Joffrey specifically, not that everyone will hate her and everything. Um, but yeah. I mean, granted, this is a different universe. And if she doesn't have sons, she's probably not far off from the way she will be received as a queen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, she's uh, she's clearly not doing well in the fallout of what happened on the King's Road with Lady and Joffrey and Nymeria and and Arya and all that but uh, next up during a meeting of the small council Lord Ned Stark learns that uh, the forthcoming tournament to celebrate his appointment sorry is seeing the city swell with visitors and has already resulted in a tavern riot there's already been a bar fight and brothel uh, fire too yeah brothel fire three stabbings and a drunken horse race Um, which I think it's funny that he's like yeah I'm gonna mention a bar fight, a brothel fire, three stabbings in the same breath as I will mention a drunken horse race. That sounds like <laughs> we've attended. I'm not going to lie, that sounds like a good time. That's drinking and driving, though. Don't. Do I that. guess at this time it was drinking and driving. Well, I didn't even think about that. Horse driving. Yeah. Uh, oh! Riding Ooh. under the influence. Right. That's yeah, honestly yeah. fair because the horse does have its own inte- intelligence. Was the uh, drunk horse race were the horses drunk? Did they get the horses fucked up and then trot them out there? Now these are the important <laughs> questions. You see, we are in that universe where that is a possibility. Yeah, they were like, like you know not- what? Let's fill this motherfucker's trough with some ale. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. Uh, the horses are fucking stumbling down the road and shit. Uh, but uh, <laughs> damn, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's we got we... driving okay. under the influence or riding under the influence or yeah. both. He's like, they've, they've had to hand out that, a couple RUIs. It could be that the horse and the rider were drunk. Are fucked up. Yeah, because if they're fucking up the horse, they're already fucked up. No way you do that sober. You are fucked up yourselves to fuck up a horse. Yeah, and that's then true. You, you fuck, you, yeah. or you're just like, I'm gonna get fucked up with this horse. Because I'm gonna fucking horse, <laughs> sort of. Thing. What if we got this horse fucking hammered right now? <laughs> That's feel, uh, wow! What a a spiral there from. What a, yeah, I mean, what a thought. It's all 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 fair, but we got we got a similar conversation in uh in House of the Dragon, where they were talking about how to prevent such things mm. before they even happen because of the tournament for the child that Viserys was having in the first episode. And Damon's like, oh yeah, we went out there, cut off dicks and heads and arms and everything. Yeah. So we should be cool. They'll be tame. They'll be tame. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that. Like, I love that. He was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we maimed everyone in the city. It should be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People that weren't thieves or rapists or we just kind of picked them out of the crowd and just assumed, uh, just put them out for example. Oopsies, but they'll be yep. okay. I'm sad. I, 
I'm pretty sure I've seen you before. Come here. <laughs> WAB, baby. All city watcher bastards. Uh, he tells uh, he tells Littlefinger here that the money uh, will have to be found to strengthen the city's guard. Uh, and he's like, you know what? And this motherfucker, Chino Slint, the guy who is currently heading up the uh, city watch, uh, an absolute piece, just a complete pathetic fuck. I don't know if you remember the battle at the wall later on after he gets sent to the wall. He's the one who who finds his way to cower with um with Samwell's girl Gilly and their baby. No. Yeah, yeah, it's this guy. Um <clears throat> big step down from Harwin Strong, my personal favorite head of the City Watch ever. Dang, that yeah, that's rough. That's polar opposite there. Nah, I fucks with Harwin Strong. That's my man's. I ride for my man's Harwin Strong, even though he was in like three episodes of that show. Um, yeah, rest peace to him and one yes, of his indeed. kids. So far, what's up? One of his kids. Yeah, true. But yeah, he's gonna lend. Ned's gonna lend twenty of his men to the to Slint's command for the city watch until the tournament is over. And after the meeting, Ned talks to Grand Maester Pycelle about John Aaron's last few weeks. He's like, "So tell me, uh." What was going on with John right before he died? I'm just kind of yeah. curious. What's been going on there? And he's like, "Oh yes, it was sudden and it was severe. I was, I was, I was appalled at how quickly he descended." And I, uh, if we had a, if we had a least favorite character uh, category, Grandmaster Pycelle would get there probably ninety percent of the episodes. <laughs> Dude, he fucking sucks. He's such a, there's only one episode where he might win. And it's that episode where they show him like waking up and like, uh, stretching and shit. He's all completely nimble and he does like his whole little fucking thing as an act. Yeah. yeah for whatever, why, like play it close to the chest. I get maybe, I think it's like, because he truly doesn't like working hard. So like he's, he's given them, he's given everybody the idea that he's kind of a useless fuck. And so he just doesn't have to do much. He gave the, the the thing is, is that he's like giving Ned the exact information he needs without telling him exactly what, you know, just outright, whatever. But it, it seems that he's aware of that, but also oblivious of it at the same time. And is it like, is, is it him putting on the act or is it him just being like, because no way he's like, yeah, he came to me for advice the night before. And then all of a sudden he's severely sick and dies. But poison, that's out of the question. No way I would ever think it could be poison. Like, no way a maester that's been around for that long would ever say that. You know, he, he right. says, yeah. like, he says, I've, I've given kings advice, multiple kings advice, and, and whatever, and hands and whatever. Like, they're obviously going to think it's poison off rip. Well, and also, like, like, especially the book he came seeking out. He's like, uh, oh, yeah, he came to me for a book. And he's like, what book? He's like, oh, I'm afraid that would not interest you. It's a really boring book about the lineages of the Seven Kingdoms. It's a bunch of fucking yeah. high yeah, right. lords and their kids and everything. Right I don't know what that's did. about. Just the book <laughs> that he came asking for right before he died abruptly is probably of no importance to you as you're asking questions of how he died. You know, like, I, it's probably no big deal. Won't learn much from it. Only that. Um, and also the fact that John Aaron had the most completely out of pocket last words of all time. The seed is strong. <laughs> You're telling me you don't have any fucking curiosities there, Grand yeah. Maester Picel? Huh. Guess we'll never know what that one means, guys. <laughs> like, 
Like what? What? What the fuck are you doing, homie? Um, but uh, taking the book with him, Ned comes across Arya in the hall, standing on one leg as a part of her training with Sirio. And Arya asks, you know, oh, Bran's woken up. Will he be able to come live with us down in King's Landing now that he's now that he's up? And Ned's like, ah, well, he'll have to regain his strength first. And Arya's like, he wanted to be a knight. That shit ain't happening now, is it? Uh, and he's like, no, no, he's not. But Bran will be able to do other things, such as become Lord of a, of a Holdfast, sit on the King's Council, or raise castles. And Arya's like, uh, will I be able to do any of that? And Ned's like, ha, 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 no! You will be able to marry a high lord, high-born lord and have lords and princes for sons. And Arya's like, no. That's not me. I'll kill the Night King instead. Yeah. And she goes back to balancing on that one leg, and Ned looks at her and smiles. And man, just a really loaded line there. The no, that's not me. We get a pretty pretty cool callback to it with uh whenever she runs into Nymeria again. Really? Uh she goes to she, whenever Nymeria surrounds her in the woods and with her pack of wolves that she's now leading. And she's like, uh, mm. Nymeria, like, I'm going back to Winterfell, girl. Come on, you can come with me. We can live, we can live nice and nice and easy lives. And Nymeria runs off with her group and she goes, That's not you. Damn. Yeah. So, like, I, I really, I really loved that shit. Like, I was like, Oh, and like, cause this one, I didn't even realize it was a callback until I heard this. Like, I was like, Oh, that's definitely a callback to that. Like, that's, uh, that's just really, really cool stuff. And I think over the course of this, uh, over the course of this rewatch, I might end up coming to the conclusion that Arya Stark is my favorite Game of Thrones character. Yeah, no, um, her storyline's so cool. She's definitely been up there the whole time. Like, one of the most compelling stories. I don't feel like it gets resolved in the best way, but even still, the storyline was continually one of the most engaging. One hundred percent. The faceless men storyline is probably one of my favorites in the entire show. Like that kept me so interested. I'm like, get me back there when that was on screen. I'm like, yeah. I just. It was so just mysterious. I think is like why I was so like enthralled by it, and then her just becoming a badass and striking. Uh, and she is the biggest list. badass in Westeros, dude. She could fuck anyone up. You put her up against anyone, and they're fucked. Like I have, I have no doubts. The the ultimate villain of the entire show. Uh, she got with the insane knife move, dude. Kind of nuts. I mean, little co- what, do, little. what do we say to the god of death? Not today. <laughs> takes off running, and you're like, I wonder where she's going. Yeah. She just shows up and stabs the Night King in the stomach, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, oh, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, but... Uh, Next up, Littlefinger meets with Ned and suggests that he keep his investigation into John's death lower and lower profile. Yo, you're being a little transparent in what you're uh, what you're asking around for. Uh, like, I, I think it's and he's like, uh, fucking, fucking Pycelle. He talks too much, and he's like, yeah. well, yeah, but you also came to him and went, what was John doing in the last couple weeks of his life? Pretty blatant <laughs> question you're asking there. Um, the- thing is is that like after the scene ned's kind of like all right like 
I see. There are people everywhere. I'm, I might have to be a little more careful about what, what I'm doing. Immediately, like, he's like, do you have someone you trust to go, like, whatever. He When he goes to the blacksmith, like, eventually, he's just outright, like, doing it again. And he's like, let them see. Like, it, like again, like, he's like, he just doesn't even care. He's like, no, I let them see. I don't care. He counts. Like, <laughs> he thinks people are as honorable as him, and they're just not. They're just not. But, uh. He's given some interesting intelligence by Littlefinger. John Aaron's former squire has been knighted and will fight in the forthcoming hands turning. Uh, it's an interesting turn of events after John's death here. And uh, he also advises him to investigate an armorer located in the city. It's uh, it's a place John was scoping out in, in the weeks before his death. And Ned decides, you know, okay, I'm sorry <laughs> I was so quick to not trust you. And Littlefinger's like, oh, no, that's literally the smartest thing you've done since you got here was not trust me. Uh, I think that's I keep my not line. Doing that. yeah. I think that might be my line for the episode. I think it was something along the lines of, like, distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done since you've gotten off that horse. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's I, – I was thinking about giving him the the performance or the character nod uh, before John. It, John just it, – it's John. I can't give it to anyone else this episode. Um, but I guess, I don't know, maybe he gets the performance because like he, like that, that conversation he has with Ned is good. And the later on with Sansa, like the hound story, um, no, mm. I can't really, I don't know if it's performance worthy, but he's just very, uh, another example very of that Tyrion stuff. Like yeah. he's, he's just so good at the character he plays. Like yeah. that, that shit where he's like, uh, do you have anyone you can trust completely? Mm. And Ned's like, yes. He's like, the wise answer was no, my Lord. Get a message to this paragon of yours discreetly. His whole, his whole little fucking the way he talks, just everything about him, his cadence. Like, send uh, him the question, Sir Hugh. Uh, After that, you might want him to visit a certain armorer in the city. He lives in a large house at the top of the Street of Steel. Ned is really on like some Batman missions in this episode. Yeah, I was gonna say, Littlefinger seems, Littlefinger seems like he's like the the guy who's like he's like an NPC standing in a corner in the in the garden while you're like walking around in like a free play and then they're like go up to him press x if you'd like to talk and he's like do you have anyone you can trust completely yeah, he's putting him on some side quests <laughs> yes. yeah he's putting him on some side no send but, your man that you trust to the street of steel to see about an armor question sir hugh get on that shit boy yeah do you yeah. think do you think littlefinger knows why john aaron was looking in you know like why not just tell ned then I think it's uh, I think it's just a classic case of you you have to see it to believe it. Like you won't just take my word for the idea that Robert has a bastard in the city. You you, you no matter what you will want to go see him. I don't even want to put the idea in your head. You go ahead, take a look, and you'll know. Fair. Fair. Um, I think I think that's kind of it. But there's also obviously the layers where Peter it can't be traced back to Peter that he told him this. Like he told him where to go. He didn't tell him what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um. And therein, it just it, it continues to absolve himself of any responsibility, really, which I think mm-hmm. is Peter's ultimate goal is to manipulate things without it being able to, you know, reach back to him all the way. True, it's a ladder. Chaos is a ladder. But uh, I can't wait for that line. That's got to be coming up soon. I feel like that's season one. Is but, it? Uh, I think it's a conversation that him and Varys have in the throne room, and I feel like it's it's very it's it's. It's coming up. For some up. reason, I thought it was late 
first. Definitely early. I thought it was like later on for some reason. I don't know. I don't know I don't why know. I have that inclination. Maybe he maybe he calls back to it or something like when he's talking to Sansa way later on. Because I had that thought when he was sitting next to Sansa. I'm like, man, wow, where these characters go eventually is insane. Oof. Him sitting next to Sansa at age whatever she is right now, seventeen, fourteen, or oh, even worse. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. But any hustle, uh, yeah. So. Ned goes ahead, sends Jory Cassell to question John Aaron's former squire, Sir Hugh of the Vale. However, deducing that Jory was not a knight himself, Sir Hugh is like, <laughs> I will speak to someone who is much higher up than you are. Uh, and it's like, okay, you prissy little fucking twat. <laughs> uh, just, just come on now, man. Talk to me. I'm, I'm Jory Cassell. You can talk to me. And uh, he's like, no, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to your lord, Lord Nedard. And uh, Ned's investigation leads him to a smith in the city, where uh, he meets Master Master Smith Dobo Mott. Sounds like a Star Wars name, Dobo Mott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, his apprentice Gendry. So, few character introductions this week with Samuel Tarley, Gendry Baratheon. Um, we uh oh, there was one more that I think we uh I believe we met. Jano Slint, we met him for the first time. The mountain. The mountain, we meet the mountain for the first time. Yeah, there's a there's a few here. There's a few here. But kind of the hounds for real introduction with the Yeah, you know, we've seen him, but uh seen him, we but haven't, haven't we haven't heard anything about yeah. him. Now, what's what's uh, cool too is in the book, it's the Hound who tells Sansa all this directly. Yeah, which is interesting. They play it completely different. Like if he if he hears you even knowing of the story, not even the Kingsguard can can save you. You know, it's like it's played as if like it's very not many people know this story, and mm-hmm. like it's uh, that it's it's played that way. But it's like yeah, right. Um, I don't, I don't know, know, but uh, the the work of Gendry. Uh, John Aaron was quite quite interested in, and Mott has Gendry show Ned a, a bull's head helm he made as a sample of his work. Ned's like, "Oh yeah, this shit's kind of dope." And Gendry's like, "Too bad, not yours. Can't have it. It's mine." <laughs> Straight up, yeah. And who's the the um mentor guy? What was his name? Uh, Mott. Mott. Yeah. And Mott was like, "Gendry, this is the lo- this is the the." The hand of the king, or if he wants it, oh my god, dude, give it to him. Jeez, what are you doing? And Ned's like, oh no, man, it's really cool. Like, I don't give a fuck, hey, man. Actually, uh, sick. Like, fuck, fuck. I completely like... get it, bro. I'd do the same thing. Uh, and uh, Gendry tells him, you know, John would drop by and ask some questions, whether he'd like being Mott Smith and if he was treated well. And then later on, the more he talked to him, he started asking me about my mother, you know, what her name was, what she was like, what she looked like. And studying his face, Ned Ned realizes who this who this child must be. And very important detail is that uh, Gendry points out that his mom was yellow of hair, the same as Cersei. Um. So it's like, Ooh. oh, so that's that's even more damning, which I never, uh, which I don't think I'd ever put together. That yeah. he said, yeah, my mom had yellow hair, and you know, Robert's Robert, and I still, and he's got that dark ass head of hair. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, and he's like, uh, 
you know, he realizes he's Robert's bastard. And Jory, like, whenever he walks over to Jory and he's like, yo, what uh, the fuck was that? And he's like, well, that's King Robert's bastard son. Wait, is like, he oh. a bastard? Yeah, or he's not Treborn. Just... Well, it's with Cersei. No, it's not. His mom just had yellow hair. Oh, I thought, like, he was actually, like, it was Cersei, but the cover-up of she died early uh, on. Oh, no, I think it's just that, like, it further shows like that... legitimate bastard son. Like, yeah, actual... It's, it's actually Robert's kid. Because Cersei's kids have blonde hair. And all of Robert's line, if they're Baratheon men, they are dark That's of hair. Fair. Okay, yeah. fair. So, like, okay. it's like, oh, well, then she fucked her brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that must be what happened. Uh, but, yeah... yeah uh, he he can't uh, he can't really work out why John Aaron would be so interested in this because Robert likely has many bastard children and shows little interest in any of them. And upon leaving, he tells Mott that if Gendry should become interested in wielding a sword instead of forging them, he should send him to Ned. And uh, later on, Ned sends Jory with a message for King Robert. But upon arriving at his quarters, Jory hears a number of voices. Uh, coming from Robert's chambers, a bunch of women, uh, and Sir Jamie Lannister happens to be on duty. And uh, he's like, go ahead, guess. How many women are in there with him? He's like, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Three, four? He's uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, man. He, goes, he just keeps, keeps fucking doing this to me. He always wants to show, wants to show me just how bad, uh, how, how bad he treats my sister. And he always puts me on duty right outside. And I, I'm so intrigued by Jamie here. Because, yeah, like, it's a general, it's just a general disrespect that Robert's putting onto him, you know? But he's clearly not actually upset about the fact that Robert's not fucking his sister. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want him to. Yeah. So I think it's not. interesting that, like, he is personally smited anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, yeah, but this guy, this guy's fucking me over anywho. Like, that's, uh, it's no matter what, he's, 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 I'm beefing with this man. And, uh. Jamie just feasts with anyone, though. That's, like, even right here, like, he's, he even says, like, oh, like, um, I don't, like, he just seems so demeaning and so, uh, holier than thou. Yeah, but then he, but then at the same time, he also says, like, oh, no, you have nothing to apologize for. You haven't wronged me in any way. He's like, what do you mean? Oh, no, absolutely. And this was a great, this is a great scene, you know, he, Jory's like, you have met me before, you know, we Mm -hmm. fought, we, we fought together at the Greyjoy Rebellion. Uh, we fought for King's Robert's forces to put down an attempt by Balon to secede the Iron Islands from the rest of the realm. And Jory's like, "All right, uh, so can I can I leave this shit with you? You cool with that?" And he's like, "No, I don't fucking serve Ned. The fuck are you talking about?" And he's like, "Okay, you clearly got other shit going on. I'm gonna go ahead and walk on my ass away." Um, what? <sighs> This set piece looked wildly familiar. Is this the hallway that um, Alicent and Kristen Cole walk down whenever he's like, a, she's a spoiled cunt? Um, it was just like the, the placement of the room and then like the hallway outside of it. It looked like I, it, it's like clearly royal quarters and stuff. It just like it, the, the red keep wouldn't have changed that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like they're constantly doing renovations or anything. Yeah. Uh, 
This was whenever... It's like, I think it's season one, episode the... six. Wait. Of House of the Dragon. No, I mean the in this episode. This It would have been a, in the episode, like where would it have been near... Oh, I don't know when exactly it is. It's when Jamie is standing outside of Robert's room. Oh, okay, I see it he's... now. I think. So you is it when the hallway that you're talking about, like the one that there's the hallway in, like, that Jory really... like uh, the the hallway Jory comes down. And then at the end, like the last shot we see is Jamie standing outside the room. I think it's like that's like further down that hallway. And like it, I was just pointing that it looks it looks familiar. Oh, yeah, no. In general. It does, um, yeah. No, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. No, you're you're right. It definitely does look familiar. Oh no, a hundred percent. Yeah, I was like, I like, I like looking for like the small details that show us just how how loyal they were to the, the original design of what they've laid out before mm-hmm. us for the Red mm-hmm. Keep and stuff. But uh, nevertheless, in King's Landing, next the tournament begins, and Sansa watches on from the stands alongside uh, uh, Arya and the Septa, and eventually Littlefinger, but. Sir Gregor Clegane, the elder brother of Sandor, the Hound, takes the field. And his first joust is with Sir Hugh. And Sir Hugh, I don't know if you recognize this man, is played by the same guy who played Tyland Lannister in uh, House of the Dragon. The guy who's like, uh, like goes and tries to propose to Rhaenyra very early on. Okay. Yeah, it's the same guy. It's the same wow. guy. What I thought. Yeah. Okay. Sir Hugh of the Vale and then plays Tylen, uh, both twins, because it's like Tylen Lannister and somebody else, and they're both played by the same guy. Um, So he plays three different characters in the Game of Thrones universe. Nice little (laughs) little Game of Thrones crossover there. Bloody. Or a few people. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the, the joust turns pretty nasty when Gregor kills Sir Hugh by breaking off his lance in his neck. Um, they did not shy away from showing him choking on his blood. No, man, that's that's one of those things that's like, ah, yes, House of the Dragon was different from uh, from Game of Thrones. Like, we spend time watching this dude die. We watch the life drain from this man. Yeah, you watch him spit up blood, and it come out very fast at first, and then you watch him start to choke on it, and then slowly die. Yeah, and and hit them just drag his body off. You watch and this then, whole fucking thing. Yep. There it is. And it's after this that Littlefinger's like, hey, Sansa, what's up? Uh, <laughs> you heard the story of the <laughs> hound? Like, can I tell you a scary story now? Um, yeah, now that you're just yeah. primed and ready. Um, he, he remarks that she and Joffrey had some sort of lover's quarrel as Joffrey is still giving her the cold shoulder. And he then tells her the story of Gregor, the mountain that rides. He has a dark reputation. He pushed his little brother Sandor's face into a fire for taking a toy that he played with when he was younger, burning him severely. Do not tell anyone this story. No one would be able to stop him. And uh, I I really, really love that. Like, I thought it was an interesting choice to make this come from Littlefinger because I had just listened to the book and it comes from the Hound directly uh, talking to Sansa. And it's still treated like a secret. But mm. the Hound's like, What's up? You can't tell anybody about this. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm going to keep fucking with you because I know you're scared of me. Um, 
But yeah, same story, same everything. It just it just comes from Littlefinger, which I thought was interesting, and it, it's probably a little bit more fitting of the characters they're presenting to us as well. I guess the mountain doesn't really have many voice lines unless it's like, and then I turn around and like this, you know. It's like it, he just kind of has like the macho man voice lines, but like mm. this was more like telling a story. I guess it's like way better for the actor of you know Peter Baelish. But it also or, just shows like, that he knows the, things. Yeah. Like, he's in the know about this sort of shit. Um, like, the mountain's not a necessarily a good actor. Well, oh, I, it, um, it was, yeah, I don't know if I said the mountain. It was the hound that said it in the book. Like oh, he, he told oh, the story oh. himself. Oh, shit. He's actually a good actor, though. Like, he's actually, he actually oh, does he's well fantastic. on the show. Oh, he's fantastic. He will be getting best yeah. performance nods later on down the line, yeah. too, which is... Hmm. How do I feel about that now? I think it still works for the same things I said about Littlefinger. Yeah. Like, it shows that he knows things. It doesn't make sense in this context for the Hound to be like, hey, Sansa, come here. What's up? You know, like, uh, <laughs> it's it just not exactly in character. But Littlefinger being like, I'm going to come over here and stir some shit. Like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, But next up, Cersei visits Ned at his chambers. Mm. remarking at how the hand is not at his own tournament. And he's like, yeah, I, uh, I literally have no fucking interest in that. The book and, was uh, open and the paperweight was the dagger. Um, like the book of names. And I didn't, uh, I didn't look at what page it was on, but I guarantee it's on like the Targaryen page or, you know, it's, I bet it's on like Rhaegar. I like, you know, I bet it's on yeah, something some, some like crazy that. shit like that. Well, even then it's like a little, it's a little like, yeah, what's up, Cersei? Mm. Yeah, yeah i'm looking into this yeah like, like the dagger you tried to yeah. kill my son with is sitting on this right table there. and he mm. didn't try to hide it either he looked down at it and he was like like okay like mm -hmm. not trying to like cover it up or anything he's like just fuck it like yeah like he's fully confident at the very end it's very clear he's like yeah i i learned to kill my enemies you know, like, yeah, so no, like, I was very like, clear. Oh, um, yeah. I, like I was watching this scene this time and I was like, Ned just threatened the fucking queen. That's kind of, uh, I don't think I remembered that. The page is on the Baratheon page, um, which yeah. makes more sense for this context. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the dagger like opening is just the paperweight to keep it open, which is just kind of sick. Love that. Um, Love that. But uh, yeah, Cersei, uh, you know, she's like, ah, I'd like to put the shit that happened on the King's Road behind us. You know, it's it's not good to have bad blood. You know, we should mm -hmm. we should forgive and forget. And Ned's like, what do you want? And uh, Cersei's like, OK, well, what the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing in King's Landing? You know, I know how little you guys like being here. What the fuck's going on? And Ned's like, ah, you know, I'm here to faithfully serve my king, your grace. Cersei's like, oh, yeah, just like Brandon did. <laughs> you know, he was born to lead. You were born to follow. And he's like, I'm going to kill your ass. And she's like, mm, I'll kill you. And like, uh, I, I <laughs> what I really love is remembering that at the end of this season, Cersei is not the one who kills Ned. Yeah. Like, that's all Joffrey. Mm. Cersei's in fact counseling him to not kill Ned. Wow. She's she's telling him you should not do this. Think this through. You don't want to do this. And then he's like, <laughs> "Fuck it. Yeah, I do." Yeah, I do. Fuck Ned. <laughs> God damn. I that's a thing I don't want to get to. 
Like, yeah. that's like, like a, a moment I, I don't, I want, I don't know. Well, next episode, we reach a different level as far as intensity. I'm so excited for that one, too, because that's the one where Jamie, like, accosts Ned outside of a, outside of whatever building mm. he's in, and, like, a, a a sword goes through his leg and stuff, like. The beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this shit, this shit gets crazy. But uh, that was the conclusion of the storyline in King's Landing. And now we've only got that last mm. scene at the inn at the crossroads. And it is here that Catelyn and Sir Roderick are uh, traveling in secret to Winterfell. They're eating a meal while uh, a fucking troubadour named Marillion tries to, you know, get them to listen to his songs. He's like, I can sing for you. You won't hear songs up in Winterfell or up in the north. They, It's just wolves howling up there. That's what they like. And uh, they're surprised when Tyrion, Lannister, and Yorin arrive. And they're told that there is, uh, you know, no vacancy, my lord. Sorry, we can't, we can't have you here. And Tyrion's like, oh, I'm sure someone in this room will gladly accept this money in exchange for the room. And then, random as all fuck, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. There's Bronn. Bronn's like, I'll take it. And I was like, <laughs> Bronn! That's the other first appearance that I was thinking mm, I couldn't remember. Yeah. It was Bronn. Okay. Um, fucking love Bronn, too. Man, I'm so excited for more Bronn. Uh, what does he eventually that become? Doesn't he, like, eventually, like, something, like, a lord? Like, a yeah. castle? Yeah, yeah, lord of a castle, and he, uh, he fucks off during, like, Battle of Winterfell and everything. He's like, as soon as dragons are in it, I'm gone. Fuck it. Sorry. Bye. Um, and I love that they were just like, yeah, that's exactly what Bronn would do. He'd take his money and he'd run. Like, it's just what he'd do. Um, but, uh, it's so crazy that we're four episodes deep into this rewatch and we're still meeting characters who are huge. Yeah. Like, they're, they, they, I mean, I know they're side characters, but they have big storylines at multiple points. Like, that's, a uh, this mm. is some really cool shit. And, uh, still so many characters to meet. <laughs> So many like, is the thing. Like it's that's like yeah, at least one every episode. Yeah, pretty much. So many different nations that we haven't. Yeah, seen. right. You know, like that's it. it's just insane. God. I can't wait till we get to the Dorn shit. I oh. fucking love the Dorn shit. Pedro Pascal, dude. Oh, I love Pedro Pascal. Damn. Yeah. The Uber and Martel. Um. No, but Marillion draws the attention of Tyrion to Catelyn's table, being like, "Yeah, let me sing to you, buddy. I can sing the victory of your father's milit of your father's military. You know, if you'd like to hear that." And Tyrion's like, "I can think of nothing that would ruin my supper more," <laughs> um, which I absolutely loved. And uh, it's it's here that Tyrion is like, "Oh shit, Catelyn Stark, what's up? How you doing?" What, are you, what the fuck are you doing down here? And Catelyn's like, <clears throat> You, sir, I recognize your Caesar. He is a faithful servant of the House Tully. How about you, great friend to the House Tully? And how about you, Mr. Frey, your father, great friend of the family, huh? Eesh, that's yes, rough. Father's been invited to, our, to his 90th name day. He's going to take another wife. Tyrion being like, <laughs> mm, that's of course. Um, yeah. and she's like yeah you're all very cool people and Tyrion's like yeah your dad has friends super cool um what the fuck 
He's like, why Why are we doing this dance? I have no idea who. Wh- why you're doing this. And she's like, this man, Tyrion, tried to murder my son Bran twice. And we shall bring him to the king's justice. And therein, Tyrion finds himself surrounded by a half dozen men with swords and in Catelyn's custody. Mm. And that was the first cliffhanger of this show where you go, oh yeah. Oh yeah. This shit's different. Yeah. It's yeah. my favorite scene, I think. I have to <laughs> say, for that reason, actually. Um, I don't know. I think uh, right here solidifies Peter Dinklage as my performance as well. Mm. There's something about just how he plays the character so well. Every time he's on screen, he is Tyrion Lannister. Every time I see Peter Dinklage in real life, he's Tyrion. Like, to yeah. me, that's what I see first. Like, when he popped up as whoever in Marvel, like, I'm like, oh my fuck, T- Tyrion? Like, Tyrion's there? Like, um, so yeah, Peter Dinklage is getting that performance, and I think the scene is is just the ending here. Um, at the crossroads, is that right? Um, yes, the crossroads. The end at the crossroads. So, yeah. Um, almost went with um, uh, Michelle Fairley's um, for the performance here, but I think mm. Peter Dinklage had more. He had the scene at the beginning of the episode, yeah. too, um, and this one. So, I, I, I don't know. I'll give Peter Dinklage that. Yeah, I think Peter Dinklage is definitely doing doing the work for best um, best character as well. Character is that or, your is that your pick or for performance uh, or character? No, no, I wanted actually I wanted Daenerys for performance. I think because mm-hmm. I actually I've noticed pretty much every best line also gets best performance or is at least considered for best performance, right? Um, and so yeah, Tyrion at best character. Got you, got you. So Tyrion, favorite character for you. Daenerys, best performance. You got a favorite scene in this one? Favorite scene, favorite line? Um, Yeah, for the line, I'm going with Daenerys' line um, to Viserys. Ah. And then um, scene, uh, you know, none of them, the, the, honestly, the most, the scene that sticks with me the most is, is the tournament, just because it's so fucking brutal. Like, that was one of the scenes right. where I was Damn, everybody saw that shit. Like they just like pan up from broken carried out to Sansa and Arya. Mm. Even Littlefinger looks like he's just like What the fuck? Oh wow, yeah, that was a <laughs> yeah. Hot. Oh yeah, shit. Uh, yeah. Um But that's certainly not the best scene. I think I think um the the, the cliffhangs cliffhanger scene is, is quite strong, I think. Yes, I, I tend to agree. Well, I tend to agree. It was a strong one, but uh, I think that rounds out the favorites. And uh, I think that does. Just uh, another one reminder: the Hodor counter is at three currently. Yes, um, yes. And the first Hodors of the season, right here. Um, so that's that's huge. Um, Took four episodes, but we got three Hodors. They're trying to make it up. They're yeah. trying to make it up. <laughs> but, oh, uh, one for each episode. And then that's perfect. One for each episode they missed. Yep. Now, now, now we just got to make up those last little bits there for them. But uh, let's th- let's talk rating for it. Uh, this is, I would venture to say, my favorite episode of the show so far. Ooh, 
yes. Um, up to this point, of the first four episodes, I think this is my favorite. Um, I think it endears it endears my what who becomes my favorite character the most in Jon Snow. It uh it introduces one of my favorite relationships in the the show with Jon and Sam. Um, Daenerys is still coming into her own. It's really fucking awesome. Ned's getting deeper into his investigation. We're we're locking Tyrion up. Catelyn's taking matters into her own hands. Shit's escalating. And I I don't know if this is a straight up nine out of ten. Might pushing it, but uh, I was I was going eight seven five for enjoyment at minimum here. That's where I was because I think it's a little better than episodes one and two. Uh, definitely better than last episode. Um, I. And a nine does seem a little too high, knowing where the show goes, knowing what a nine could be, knowing what a nine, five, or ten is. Um, I think this is it's it's it deserves a little nod above episodes one and two, but not quite a nine. So I think eight seven yeah. five is perfect. Um, we in agreement? Yeah. yeah, I could agree with that. Bet bet. Because it was still, I mean, that's the thing is that it's it was basically episode two. Or episode, it was basically last episode, but you cared about every conversation. Mm. Um, everything was actually meaningful, and like it's starting to get interesting. You care about the characters now. John isn't just a side piece or a side character; he's actually interesting now. Or there's there's some character to him, mm-hmm. um, something to grab onto. Um, so yeah, I think eight seven five is is fair. All right, bet. And then genre wise, I think we're doing very very well on this one as well. Um, the tensions rising, the politics are getting more intense. The, uh, we got a tournament this week. Um, we got a lot going on here. That's very, very Game of Thronesy, as far as what we come to know the show as I'd, I'd, I'd border on 10 here. It's getting, it's getting close. It's not, I don't think it's a 10, but like nine uh, is the floor or like eight, seven, five is the floor. Absolutely. I think, I think a nine think is the more floor. like a nine, nine, like nine, two, five. Um, possibly nine five even because i mean this this is like the suspense is starting to build um definitely and it's it's becoming grand and a lot of storylines are coming together or starting to not come together but like yeah like uh the the ned's investigation is really fleshing out and it's like okay there's a lot of players in this now you know they're also really really establishing the tone of the show and the timing of the uh of catlin um calling out Tyrion, you know, it's like, ah, man, you could have just waited a little bit, you know, just like mm-hmm. let Ned investigate a little bit more and figure it out, you know, maybe a little bit, but, um, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think maybe nine, five, nine, two, five is where I'm at. Um, yeah. Genre definitely above a nine. Um, uh, it's, it's doing what it needs to do, right? It's doing what, what brings people to it. All right. So, uh, my gut was nine two five. How are we feeling about that? I like that. That works. It's basically like the only thing that I guess was lacking would be the fantasy aspect of like Game of Thrones that we come to expect. You know, I guess we got a dire wolf. We got ghosts. Uh, we got we got a the fucking tournament. Um, true. Um, maybe it is a nine and- five. Maybe it is a nine five. Um. But critically, hmm. as far as this episode is concerned, I think again we're looking at the strongest episode of the show so far. Yeah. Um. So that's eight two five at the floor. Um. There, if 
we're in agreement with that, which I yeah. think is fair. I, I think, think it is. I think it's at least an eight five. Honestly, um, yeah, I, I, I nine might be too high critically because I don't know. Like, do they really like what was the complete story here? Um, you know, like there, I you don't really come away from it like. Like I think House like uh an episode of House of the Dragon is written better than this. Like almost every maybe not every episode of House of the Dragon is written better than this, but most of them are very complete stories. You come away very satisfied, but yet wanting the next one. This mm. episode you come out wanting the next one, but it's kind of like a lot of important things just happened. And that's kind of the story of the episode. So I, I don't know. I think like I don't know where I stand actually. I think it is it is the best episode of the season, though. I still agree with that. Um, All right, Tab, how you feeling? Uh, I mean, critically, it's it's uh, good enough. I mean, I, I think uh, it doesn't necessarily compare to uh, what House of the Dragon is doing, but House of the Dragon is also leaning into uh, the the kind of grand scheme of each episode like they want each one to feel isolated to feel big um yeah. game of thrones maybe did initially but you know upon rewatch episodes certainly blend together um yeah. so this episode wouldn't be one that also fell victim to that but same time it was it was wonderfully entertaining well done good performances so i don't see why it'd be um you know, anything below eight five. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like we're all kind of hovering around an eight five, which is kind of where my gut was. Um, it's a damn good episode of television, but uh, we've had we've had better. We've had better. If that is true, then that ties it with episode one's average of an eight eight three or an eighty eight percent. And on IMDb, this episode was given an eight point six. Um, so our critical rating is like right there and our average is just a little bit, like barely above, um, hmm. I guess for, uh, the good old Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I didn't have that pulled up, but I'd imagine it's probably close as well. I think we were like spot on last time with Rotten Tomatoes actually. Yeah, we were. Our critical rating was the same as the, uh, critic score and our audience rating was the, or our enjoyment score was the same as the audience rating. Uh, which is got quite here. funny. Oh wow! This one was given a hundred percent critical rating by twenty people. Um, and then there is no audience rating? Question mark. Question mark. An eight point four average rating. Um. Hmm. So yeah, there you go. I mean, that's there we go. Um, all pretty mm-hmm. good though. So I think we like think we. Arrived at a pretty good spot there. Yeah, that's that's interesting though. Tying it with the the opener, the season premiere. Hey, I'm satisfied with that. We're still we're still yet to break the ninety percent tile, or not percentile, ninety mm. percent uh, score on on our old tomato meter here on the Penny Bloom Pod. We've reached eighty, what eighty eight twice now. Mm-hmm. Getting yep. getting close, but uh, haven't quite. And I think we will we will hit there. It's oh just, yeah. Uh, Oh, Just at a matter least of the time season time. finale for sure. Like that, it, by it, if not by then, you know, if if probably probably before, but the season finale or the penultimate is usually the good episode. Hit. So yeah, yeah I, I think, but I think it'll 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 happen even before then. I think we got some good ones coming up. 
All right. Then with that, at an 88%, we conclude Winter is Blooming, Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast. If you would, head to uh, patreon.com slash corobloom, that's C-O-R-O-B-L-O-O-M, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of comic book and book reviews. For three bucks a month, you can help this podcast grow, and I'd appreciate it greatly. We just recorded a little something on the whole Twitter stuff going on right now. And speaking of, while it's still here, follow tw- follow on Twitter at PennyBloomPod. Follow on our new Twitter alternative, Hive Social, at PennyBloomPod. Follow on Tumblr at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review. If you're fucking with me and Joe, we are concluding the Andor after party this week. Uh, it will be the finale of Andor this Wednesday, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, we're also going to be doing a live commentary of The Empire Strikes Back as a little, uh, little Thanksgiving treat for you all. Uh, happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, on Friday, our 52-year journey through film will continue, and this week brings us to 2017's Get Out. Um, very, very excited about that. So a great week of pods for you. Great week of pods for you. We'll uh, we'll begin. May the bloom be with you, or whatever the fuck. Uh, we'll figure it we out. We still haven't nailed the name down for the Star Wars show. Um, but uh, yeah. With that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And thank you, the magnificent Tavaris Pennington. Oh, yeah, of course. Anytime, anytime. Oh, uh, next week even? <laughs> yes. I sure, I sure hope. I sure <laughs> hope so. Uh, but remember, peace, love, and bloom. And the next time you raise a hand to me, It'll be the last time you have hands.